0: Welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. We are here with Grapeseed Greatest Hits number five. And today's guest is Aaron Jones. I think you've all remembered him from his Grapeseed Friends episode and all the wonderful emails he sent in that were featured on Mail Carrier number two. So welcome back to the show, Aaron. Thanks so much for having me back. I'm so excited for today's episode. This is going to be great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about uh, normal people. But one of my favorite pastimes um, when I'm going out with coworkers for dinner or something like that is just talking about grapeseed. Okay. Talking about classroom management, but then also talking about uh, the materials and the materials that we like so much. So being well, able if- to do this with you, uh, it's going to be so much fun.
0: I think normal people is a is an interesting definition of the of the listeners who listen to the Grapeseed Official Podcast, I assume that what you're talking about is considered normal. But maybe if you're just out with random people <laughs> who never taught grapeseed before, then talking about grapeseed and classroom management may not be as normal. But in our context, I, it's great. Yeah.
1: Okay. Normal for the people listening. <laughs>
0: So like always, the guest chooses two. I choose one, and you chose here Unit 11's There's a hole. So why'd you choose this one, Aaron?
1: Alright, so yeah, if you did listen to my other uh, episode that this is my favorite song. I love this song. It's whenever I'm teaching Unit 11 and I see this show up in the lesson plan, I always get super excited to teach that lesson that day. I just <laughs> love teaching this song it's really simple. The language is really simple. Um, it's just, um, if you haven't taught it, then it just repeats itself and it just gets longer and longer and longer. So it starts off with, there's a hole on the bottom of the ocean, and then there's a log in the hole on the bottom of the ocean. And then there's a shell on the log in the hole on the bottom of the ocean. So it just gets longer and longer. And then the, the music, the, the melody, also starts to get faster, because it has to keep up with all of this. Um, so it starts out kind of slow, but then gets faster and faster, and faster. And then by the end, it's kind of like a, a tongue twister. Uh, mm. where you have to say all these words in a fast pace. Uh, but you still have to do it correctly.
0: Absolutely. But what what gets longer is that we're adding prepositional phrases onto more prepositional phrases, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is all language. If we're going even back to unit one, like we talk about prepositions all the time with mouse in the barn, that's our student's initial introduction into prepositional phrases. And then over the units, we keep coming back to it, keep getting more review. Like when we talked about with Marina in Grape Seed Greatest Hits number four, we talked about unit six's jam jam and talking about what you like on your bread or on your pizza. And that just comes back back around again here in Unit 11, but we're increasing the difficulty each time we do it. right? So it's not just any more on the table, on the chair, like Unit 1. We're here in Unit 11, and we're just adding multiple prepositional phrases to the same sentence to give our students more of an idea of, okay, if you're going to describe where something is in a more complicated way, this is how you do it. And this material really helps set our students up to be able to do that really well.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, I was going to say something like that, too, that they start learning from, yeah, pretty much from unit one um, prepositions, very simple prepositions in and on. Um, And then all of the units um, just, they get more and more exposure. Um, Yeah, like unit six, jam, jam, it gets it even more. Um, But what's really cool about this one, there's a whole, it kind of takes it to a whole nother level of mastery. Mm. Uh, They have to be really, really confident about it, that since it is going to be going fast, um, they need to be really on point between in and on. Exactly. Uh, So it's going to help their their mastery of building these sentences. And it's also going to really help their uh, pronunciation, because if they can say it really fast, um, then when they're speaking at a normal speed, they're probably going to be really good at that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that that element that you talked about there, about the speed, that's the other curveball we throw in to not just the increased length of complexity, but also that increased speed will really help us see, okay, if students are able to make their own sentences, for example, with multiple prepositional phrases at pretty quick tempo, we know they really have this concept down. It's a good way for us to tell just how far they've come from that unit one on the chair, on the table, uh, mouse in the barn stuff. I think if I remember right in your grapeseed friends, you had a pretty unique story about how your kids use the language. So um, I know most people probably have listened to that episode, but I'd like to go back to that story. If you'd like to tell it again here.
1: Yeah. Um, so this was, I think, towards the middle of the unit or in the middle exposures, maybe unit or not unit, um, lesson 12, lesson 13, something like that. Um, So they've been singing the song for a little bit. um, And the question that I need to ask in the lesson plan um, said to put a pencil on a table and then ask the students, where is the pencil? and that way they um, get to practice the language, there is a pencil on the table. Um, So it's taking just the same exact language in the song, there's a hole on the bottom of the ocean or there's a shell on the log, Um, but changing it to some different vocabulary so they can get um, different exposures. Um, But my unique classroom, that we just don't have a table by itself, if we're if we're using the tables, then the tables are out. But normally, um, to save space, our tables stack upon one another. So we're not using the tables, and they're all stacked. We've got like four tables stacked in the corner, and I put a pencil on the table over there, and I ask the students, uh, "Where's the pencil?" And they and they're getting all the practice of these really long, long. Um, sentences using the prepositions because of the song. Um, So they just instinctively say, oh, there's a pencil on a table, on a table, on a table, on a table table in the classroom.
0: (laughs) Love that story. If we're going to look at this material, though, and we want to look at practical teaching tips, like good tips of advice for people to take away and use in their own classrooms. Like Aaron said, the the tempo of the song picks up over time on the recording, so when students are doing their R.A.P. at home, they'll get used to that and they'll want to sing it faster in class. Of course, you don't want to rush so much that the students are jumbling the words and not saying them correctly, but you do want to be mindful of pacing with this material, because if you're slowing it down, as you get to those longer sentences, those longer verses towards the end, this material can end up taking way more time than you're anticipating. So be mindful of the pacing, don't let it go too fast, but also, yeah, keep it up.
1: Yeah, so probably at the beginning exposure is that even towards the end, um, slow it down a little bit just so they can hear me give um, correct pronunciation and they get practice that, okay, we need to focus on pronunciation first. Um, but it can be really fun once you get later on in the unit and they do have that good pronunciation down. Um, they're not skipping words. Um, and that you can speed it up a little bit, maybe not too much, um, a little bit. Um, and always keeping an uh, an ear out. Um, that if they do kind of um, miss some pronunciation, if they do end up skipping some words, that maybe, okay, you need to uh, slow it down a little bit, mm. slow it back down. Uh, but then you can also see um, how far, how fast you can take it. Um, not too fast, though.
0: Yeah, if they're able to handle it, of course. If they're able to handle it. One thing you can do in early exposures, if you're noticing that they're mixing up the ins and the ons, is you can occasionally accent the prepositions while you're singing them. So saying them a little bit louder, saying it a little bit more strongly. But of course, we don't want our students to be shouting out in and on when it's their <laughs> turn. So we want to do this within reason and not force it too much. Yeah. Any other I... ideas on this one?
1: Yeah, something I really like to do um, is I like to add different gestures or actions to the song. Um, give it a little bit of movement um, for each, each I guess, of the nouns, I guess, um, assigning it a specific gesture. Mm. So I'll, with the hole, I'll make a hole with my hands. Um, or I'll try to make a, a log shape with my hands for the log, or a shell, a crab, things like that. Um, so that not only you know gives them a, an additional visual way of learning the material. Um, they've got the pictures as a visual. Now they can see these gestures. Um, but if you do it enough, and if you're really um, consistent, with it, they'll start picking it up, too. And they'll maybe make these um, actions or gestures when they start singing. So it gives them a little bit of um, moving, that they can move and learn at the same time. Um, And it can make it a lot more fun, too. That, again, as it gets faster and faster, you have to switch between these different gestures, again, faster and faster and faster. but then again, we're still making sure we're not messing up on pronunciation. We're not trying to skip words and things like that. Um, so they have to balance all these things together. And I have I have a lot of fun with that. Um, and I've noticed my kids also really have a, a lot of fun with that.
0: Absolutely. It's like everything with grapeseed. It's a balancing act. If we're keeping our primary focus on the... The actual pronunciation and students saying the words correctly, then the gestures kind of add an extra fun element to it. But if the students end up being so focused on the gestures and doing the motions that they're not really paying attention to saying things correctly, (laughs) then it's not great. It's kind of like Unit Four's itty bitty spider, right? It's the same kind of thing. If you're doing little hand motions for the spider, it can be really fun. But if that becomes the primary focus and students aren't even really singing anymore, then you're completely missing the point of doing the material in the classroom. the first place yeah
1: that's right that's right
0: perfect I think that's um, good for oh sorry do you have any more for this one
1: sorry uh, yeah yeah um, maybe the gesture part um, if, if you're having ever trouble uh, thinking about gestures um because I I've had not just with this song but maybe some other songs in the past um, had trouble finding some gestures to work um I'd have my students help me out that I would we would get to maybe a noun um, and we've already had a couple of gestures but i would be a little stumped on okay what is a good gesture for this one it makes sense and it's not too hard that we can all do it um and the students who have always been really eager to help me out and they're really imaginative too they'll think of things that i would never think about um and i've even use them, I continue to use them even after they move on, and I teach it to a new class, I'll use that same gesture because they just came up with a really good idea.
0: I think you've, you've taken the, the the primary tool that grapeseed coaches use of seeing ideas <laughs> in class that teachers use and then sharing those with other teachers. You're doing that same <laughs> thing with the students, watching something that students do, taking mm-hmm. that and then showing other students like it's your own idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll move on here to the second material. So this one you also chose of everyone's favorite unit fives, everybody grows. So here it is. It finally made it onto the show unit, uh, Gravesy greatest hits number five here. Yes.
1: I I can't believe, can't believe I got it. It took five episodes of greatest hits to get to everybody grows.
0: We were saving it just for you. We wanted, (laughs) we wanted some of the normal people to have it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, yeah, this one's so much fun. Again, this is another one that um, if I'm teaching unit five and I see this one show up in the lesson plan, I get super happy. Uh, it is. Um, you do need to be careful about this in the lesson plan, though, because um, it's a story. Um, it's a song, but it's a story, too. Mm. Um, I didn't count how many times that you're supposed to, um, sing it as opposed to just read it. Um, but in the beginning, it's mostly going to be singing it. Um, and then towards the middle, there will be times in the lesson plans where it does say, uh, read the story. Um, mm-hmm. so you do need to pay a little bit of attention, um, reading the lesson plan carefully that, okay, today, um, I need to read the story. I need not sing it.
0: And both are important, even though your students are always going to want you to sing it. When you oh, start yeah. reading it, they're going to be upset <laughs> that you're not singing. But the, the actual reading and having them hear the words in a natural voice is also really important. So make sure you follow the lesson plans like Aaron's talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but the reason why I love it and the reason why I think all the students love it is the, the song aspect of it. Um, that this is just a really awesome song. Uh, The music to this song is awesome. So kudos to uh, one who uh, made this song. I I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about just how awesome this music is, though.
0: Okay, Um, go for it.
1: (laughs) I think there's some music in Grapesy. I I like all all the songs, all the music's really well made, um, but there are some that are just really, really nice. Um, And this is one of them that it's made so well, it helps you feel the emotion behind the story. Um, and it constantly changes the, the tone and the tempo. It'll build up a little bit, drop down, and then build back up, and then it reaches that climax at the end. Um, so it, it's made so well that you can really feel the energy, like just listening to the song, It'll get your energy going and it'll make you want to sing. Um, I think that's just a really important part of this material, uh, that if it didn't have this music, probably uh, students wouldn't get so excited if Mm. it wasn't at this level. Um, But since the music of this one is just really, really nice, um, and it's got that really nice buildup that, the teacher, I get, I get really uh, excited um, singing it, um, and the students can also get really excited. Um, one thing of caution, though, that I always look out for, though, since there's all this excitedness, all this energy, um, especially towards the climax when you get to the last uh, the chorus, that it can be very easy for the class to get a little crazy singing it.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so I always. Um, Maybe towards the end of the unit, um, when they're really, really confident with it, I will, one or two lessons need to remind them that like, okay, it's, we have we still need to sing nicely. Again, like that uh, our, our goal is um, nice pronunciation. Um, we're not skipping words and things like that. And if they are singing it too crazy, um, it's going to increase that chance that they're going to miss some things.
0: Mm, definitely. the emotional element that you're talking about was really highlighted on Josh Friesen's podcast back on number 55. He actually te- goes into the his own personal life, the situation he was in as he was creating the arrangement for this song. So if you haven't listened to that, i definitely go check that out because it's a really interesting background into how Everybody Grows was arranged into that arrangement. It's really nice. One thing I will warn teachers about, this is just my own personal experience, is watch out for that key change when you get to uh, babies grow and little chicks grow. There was one time I was walking into a classroom and I hadn't taught Unit 5 for quite a while. And in the back of my mind, I thought, okay, I've got all these materials down, no problem, whatever. And I went to teach this material pulled it out. I was singing the song just fine. And I got to that card with the key change and I immediately was like, Oh no, I, I don't, I don't remember how, how the key change goes. And and it was really awkward. The kids were looking at me funny. The teacher in the back was looking at me funny. So I would definitely caution people, not just with this material, but with all grapeseed materials that if you haven't taught something for a while, Make sure you go through the R.A.P. just like your kids for a little bit before you start teaching it again. Make sure you have it down so you don't embarrass yourself like I did.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point. Um, And with this one, too, if you've only been teaching some of the beginning units mostly, um, a lot of the songs, they're mostly simple. They're not that long and it is just um, a short melody on repeat. Um, nothing too complex. Um, Everybody grows. And uh, some of the other songs that if you get to the higher units, they get longer and longer, um, and the melodies get a bit more complex, um, that they might not just be on repeat, it might have this part is this way, this part's this way. um, And they're a little bit different, kind of the same, but a little bit different. Um, Which is really cool that they're learning this A bit more complex song at Unit 5. But yeah, the teacher also needs to be um, on point with that. They need to do their REP. Mm,
0: Another tricky thing here is if we're looking at the actual learning objectives, everybody loves, everybody knows that Everybody Grows is a great song and everybody loves this song. But if you were to ask somebody who hadn't looked at the teacher manual what the learning objectives for this material are, it'd be really hard to pin down. what we just talked about, there's a hole in Unit 11. It's pretty clear, right? It's prepositional phrases, adding more and more of those onto them, making sure students have enough review and practice with something with a concept that they've already had. But everybody grows, what are the learning objectives? So, if we're looking in the teacher manual at the quick checks, we can see what some of them are here. Early exposures are students beginning to understand the phrase, the meaning of the phrase so something. So, Every baby is so small, right? Then middle exposures. Can students more fully answer questions about the story? What is every baby? Every baby is so small. Then how does he grow? Then he grows so very tall. End exposures. Can students use the language of the story to answer questions? What does everybody know? Does everybody know that the sky is blue? Everybody knows that the sky is blue. So there are different phrases, different target sentences that were working on with this material. So this is a more generalist material. We're not focusing on one specific language function or expression. We're targeting a lot of the language as a whole. So this is another place where you'll want to really pay attention to the the lesson plan instructions on a given day to make sure that you're hitting each of these learning objectives that the lesson plans are having you shoot at.
1: Yeah, that's a great point that I I had to look at the teacher manual as well to like, oh, it's it's trying to focus on the so a lot. Um, And then the every, there's every baby, everybody. Um, I think another thing about this is some of these things are very difficult. They're a lot more abstract. A lot of the language in here. yes Um, Not like pumpkin, for example, pumpkin, we have a vocab card for pumpkin, and they can see a pumpkin, it's very easy just to, okay, that's a pumpkin. Uh, But something like grows, um, everybody uh, know, things like that, that it's a lot more difficult to show it, um, and then also just understand it. Mm. Um, And we're at unit five, too. So it's not like um, these are older kids, and they can have a better around abstract concepts. Um, They're still very, very young. And I think the, again, (laughs) going back to the music that I love so much, um, that because this is so much fun, because they get so into it, um, it makes it a bit easier for them to maybe latch onto these abstract concepts a little bit, that they're not um, getting so bored or they're not getting so confused. Mm -hmm. That it's a really nice, way, they can get excited about this. um, But still, they're still tackling, they're still getting exposure to some of these more difficult to understand aspects.
0: Definitely. But one, one good thing, though, is that the very first exposure of this in the lesson plans, lesson four here, you're already starting with questions trying to demonstrate the meaning of the word grow. So you're going to be as long as you're following the lesson plans, you're going to be helping nail down those abstract concepts for the kids early on, helping them understand what the material is about. So when you get to the middle and end exposure, quick check times of trying to see if students are able to answer questions about the material and then about themselves using the language of the material, you'll be able to do that. Yeah, uh, Again, I, I want to <laughs> kind of the same thing I say about uh,
1: there's a hole. Um, it, I find it really great. Um, being able to add in some kind of gestures or actions for certain aspects of this one. Um, maybe not for the entire song, um, but especially when you're going over the, the chorus part, that some grow small and some grow tall, things like that. If you keep really um, consistent gestures with that, I find the, the students that towards we get to the end of the unit, um, they'll start doing the same exact gestures as me as they're singing. Um, I, I just finished up teaching this unit a few weeks ago, and I I saw that. And I was really yeah, surprised and really happy um, that they were, again, singing without me. Um, I was pretty much just at that point holding the cards and making sure they weren't, um, again, going too crazy singing the song. Um, But a lot of these students that when they're getting into it and they're seeing it, um, they'll start using the same gestures as I'm using. Um, So they get to look at the pictures as I'm pointing to the pictures. um, But they're also getting some extra meaning um, from doing these gestures when it's growing small that they've got their hands near the ground. Um, And then when they say some grow tall, they're raising their hands up really high. and I was really happy that okay, they they're they are really learning. They're making a physical connection to the song and to the material. So I think it's really important that not just pointing to the picture is really important, but then it also if you're able to get in some really nice gestures into this one, uh, can bring it to another level.
0: Absolutely. I think that brings us to our last material to talk about here on this episode, unit threes. I like these things. So this is my choice. And I think this is a little bit of an overlooked material in unit three. When you, when I've talked to a lot of teachers, I hear a lot of colors everywhere. Let's spin. um, Marvin goes to school as some of the favorite materials, but I like, I like these things. So there's just so much exposure in this material to expressions using i like that involve school and action verbs and everything students have learned so far in grapeseed so you can put all those verbs that they've been using in action activities from unit one unit two those can come into here students can talk about why they like being at their school what they like to do and this is just a great conduit for that
1: yeah i'm i'm really curious as um is there a bit more about why why you really like this one?
0: Just because I feel like Unit One, I feel like this is something that Mikolos has mentioned in a previous. This might even be way way back on his ten things forever and ever ago, like in the twenties or thirties of <laughs> podcast episodes. Um, but he mentioned and I agree with this that unit three is where as a teacher you really start feeling and seeing what grapeseed is and how special it is like of course unit one you notice the great artwork you notice the nice songs and things like that but the students really start clicking with the language and being able to apply it and use it not just from the materials that like each individual material, but being able to pull back verbs and things that they learned from previous units and being able to apply it. The foundation is getting strong enough and wide enough that students are able to start formulating more complex sentences here in unit three. And I think materials like I like these things that are a little bit less focused on teaching new concepts and more on review concepts, especially at this stage, they're really great at drawing that out from students, really giving them the platform to, all right, look, Boys and Girls is Marvin monkey. This is what he likes at school. What do you like at school? And you're able to really get them talking about it. And because these are little kids, right? These are four and five-year-old kids at this stage. They're, they like, hopefully, they like going to school <laughs> it's a fun place there all their friends are there they love their teacher they love all the different things they get to play with and do so you can just talk about all of that here
1: yeah I completely agree with you that like around unit three that um, you can really start to see some of the the, the awesomeness of grapeseed mm. um, my yeah my own personal experience that um, around that time that it definitely that they're on the third unit now that they've got a lot more foundation um but they've also showing a lot of just growth as um people that they started really young um and they're developing um and they're able to comprehend a bit more um but yeah i i see year after year around unit three that they are starting to use this language and they're starting to say things that like i i forgot that i taught them like all right i I don't i don't remember like um i this happens like all all the times the first time really stands out to me though um that teaching uh is teaching grapeseed kids and um i'm over there during the normal kindergarten hours um, and one of the grapeseed students wants to talk to me I'm standing a little bit far away from them um, but they just start saying come on come on come on Um, that's it it was really surprising for me I I never really heard them speak so much English outside of the classroom so much Um, and then I don't even really remember like teaching like oh if you want to get have someone come over to you just say come on come on as you're like waving your hand over mm. um and this was around uh time they're in unit three that they're starting to um put all the pieces here they've got that nice foundation um and they realize okay we can use english for awesome for other things and,
0: and this, yeah the, yeah sorry, sorry go for it no, go for it dude uh
1: <laughs> and uh and this one yeah is just very i like these things it's very targeted. Um, It's we want to talk about things you like. Um, And of course, the entire um, theme of this unit is school, things you do at school. Um, So let's talk about things you like at school. And I think students, um, I think probably just about everyone, um, adults as well. um, We like talking about what we like yeah, um, that, that, that gets us talking more that we don't want to be talking about things we don't like. But if it's like, hey, w- what do you like? Uh, I can talk for again and again and again, forever, forever, forever. Um, so we this story really helps gives them that platform that, OK, we want to focus on what you like. Um, exactly. Here's the here's the vocabulary. Here's um, climb on the jungle gym, slide on the slide. Uh, draw with a crayon make pictures with a crayon with markers um tell us what you like um and yeah they love to do that
0: yeah and what do what do four and five-year-old kids like they like their friends they like their family they like school they like animals and those are all things that they we've been covering in those first three units so this is just a great time to showcase all of that knowledge
1: mm-hmm I like these things. Um, I, it's, I did, um, again, on my previous podcast, I mentioned some areas, some uh, qualities that uh, creates a good picture book, a big, good picture story to be used in a classroom. Um, and again, like this pretty much hits all the grapeseed stories. All the grapeseed stories are really well made. Um, but I like. I like these things is again it falls into the same aspect it's got some really interesting pictures mm-hmm. uh, this is the first time i believe that they get um exposed to marvin monkey in yes, unit, unit in three. unit three they've got um marvin goes to school as well uh, but it's the first time they get to see marvin monkey um and it's it's interesting because it's uh, a monkey doing school activities um, that's probably not what you usually see. Um, so, it's got these really interesting pictures to grab their attention, um, but then this one, this story especially has uh, a repeated language. That you're just going over the phrase, I like, I like, over and over and over again, um, which is another really awesome aspect um, of a, a picture, a good picture book for a classroom, as that'll really help with their comprehension that they're not just seeing this phrase one time, and then we hope they get the, the, uh, the meaning through that just one exposure. Um, but pretty much every page, every sentence, um, they're hearing I like with some other different action or some different noun. Um, and that really helps them understand what is this concept I like, um, and then pushes them forward towards the um, mastery, hopefully, they can start using I like more and more and more.
0: Yeah, and we we can see that when we look at the, the quick checks. So like I was talking about before, this is more of a review, bring all of the knowledge together type of material. And in the quick checks, early exposures, are students able to answer questions about the story? Now, usually when we're looking at quick checks and we're targeting some new language or new expression, Usually, the language you'll see in the quick checks for early exposures is "are students beginning to identify or beginning to something." But here, for "I like these things," the early exposure quick check is "are students able to answer questions about the story?" So we're we're pretty much bypassing. We're already assuming students are they've identified <laughs> what's going on. That we're jumping right into being able to make answers and uh, answers about questions for the story even really early on. So middle exposures here, can students answer about themselves using the language from the story? Now we usually see that as an end exposure quick check, right? but it's here as a middle exposure quick check because this is kind of a review material like I'm talking about. Now end exposure, can students answer questions about themselves more fully using the language of the story? So how complex can we get here? And a good example of how We increase the complexity, even though we're just making simple I like sentences. Is if we're looking at lesson 24's lesson plan, this gives really good practice. After the story, we ask, What color or what color paint or markers do you like? So I like blue paint. I like black markers. You're putting the adjective before the noun there, right? Which is not just I like markers, it's I like black markers. Now, this is for us native English speakers, this seems pretty obvious and a pretty easy step. But when you think about a lot of other languages, the adjective doesn't always come before the noun. A lot of times the adjective comes after the noun. So we're we're going to be early on expecting students to be able to answer simple I like sentences or use simple I like sentences, but we're going to keep working on it. We're going to keep a- adding to the complexity of it by the end of the unit
1: yeah that's really cool because they're learning so many different aspects of english with just using the basis of i like um they're losing learning the just yeah how to use the adjectives like i like black crayons i like black markers um which again we're trying to get them uh, language acquisition we want to get them towards just Natural speaking, Mm -hmm. um, what sounds natural, what sounds nice. Um, And yeah, at this early exposure, they're not thinking like, oh, I need to put this adjective before the noun. Um, I don't think they even know what an adjective and a noun is at this time. (laughs) Um, But we're using this, um, I like, as kind of just a, a foundation, a springboard that we can naturally expose them to these parts of English that they'll just right now they get exposed to it and then later on they'll just get in the habit of saying that oh, wait, oh this is the way to say it. This sounds right.
0: Yeah. And this becomes a, a positive feedback loop because if you're if you already like a lot of things and you're able to talk about what you like in class and share those ideas, that'll make you like those things even more and like talking in class more and you'll want to share more as time goes on so it'll just be a, a snowball just keep building and building and building of students having not just the ability to speak but the confidence and the desire to speak which is just really important now practical teaching advice here uh not nearly as bad as me messing up the key change in unit five as everybody grows but when you're Getting to the end of the story, and you need to point to crayons, pencils, and markers. Marvin kind of goes through a list of all the things he likes towards the end, and he's in each of his paws. He's got a crayon, a pencil, and a marker. You got to look at the picture before you teach it and know where the crayon the pencil and the marker is (laughs) so you're confident when you're pointing you don't want to be telling the story and it's pretty easy to point to the right things like you're pointing to the the red and the black and you you got that pretty pretty easy but the crayon pencil marker if you're not quite confident with it you don't want to look really shaky in front of your students so definitely (laughs) practice with this before you you do it in class
1: yeah there's another one um Uh, when I'm hungry, I like to eat. When I'm thirsty, I like to drink. Mm. Um, the picture is him only drinking. Ah, um, yeah. So if you're if you're not prepared, uh, make sure you do need to uh, probably gesture, gesture for the hungry part, and then point to the picture
0: mm. uh, for drinking. Good point.
1: I, I do like the the part at the end, though, because um, it kind of solidifies this as a really nice Um, material is it has a a good message at the end a good moral absolutely Uh, um, where marvin is using those crayons those markers and the pencils to be writing on some places where he shouldn't be writing
0: Um, walls and windows yeah
1: yeah just like our our students they shouldn't be writing um and then the teacher gets mad at him he has to erase it and do the the classic write on the whiteboard a hundred times i will not do this i will not do this <laughs> um but yeah we're it's teaching this good message of like oh yeah don't do this um if you do want to draw use some paper
0: yeah that is a bad thing to do phrase is really it's a great discussion for just classroom management in general like singing nicely is a good thing to do or sitting nicely mm-hmm. is a good thing to do singing badly is a bad thing to do things like that you can talk about in class and use that as a part of your classroom management language going forward
1: yeah that's a great point i, I think i've heard that on a, a pause a past um podcast episode um
0: i think that, that's my age just repeating myself at this point. that
1: um there's so much uh, parts of Kind of the grapeseed curriculum or just um, classroom management that you can use kind of teaching English um, also as teaching rules. There's going to be so many times that you can use this. Okay, we're using the phrase, uh, this is a bad thing to do. Um, and then tie that into your classroom management that you can go over different things and use the same phrase, oh, this is a bad thing to do. So you kind of hit uh, two birds with one stone you're able to help them better understand the phrase of bad things to do. They get to hear it more, so maybe they can use it in the future. Um, And then you're also working on um, building good rules in the classroom.
0: Perfect. I can't think of a better way to end the podcast on than talking about good messages and good classroom management. (laughs) The things that normal people talk about, right?
1: Yeah, normal people. I think this is just a a normal conversation in my day.
0: (laughs) We have come full circle. Thank you again for joining the podcast, Aaron. It's so great to have you Thanks for having me. It's
1: great being here. Thank you.
0: Super great. So I'll have to start making plans for number six here. Who's the guest going to be? I don't even know. So this will be exciting for everybody to find out. As always, everyone, thank you for listening and good luck. In the Classroom. Goodbye, my friends, goodbye. I'm sad to say goodbye. It was a good day, but now I will
1: say goodbye, my friends, goodbye.
0: Goodbye everyone!